I love that song. You ever thought for a second how many how many people in churches sing songs like that and don't understand what it means? The idea of, of step down into darkness, light of the world. Um, don't know in their Bibles where to find those truths. Right? And that's what we've been looking at in the Gospel of John. Light of the world. Darkness. Not being able to comprehend or overcome it. it it's what the writers of these songs are, are putting together to music. And uh, I don't know, it really is a privilege to be able to, to step in and look at this closer. Gospel of John. Take your Bibles with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so thankful... So thankful for your plan. So thankful that you sent your Son. So thankful that you sent the light. Lord, I'm so thankful that um, there are many in this room right now, Lord, that saw that light. Saw the spiritual light. Saw what we need to have a relationship with you when we made that decision, Lord. I just pray this morning that you would lead and guide us and what you have to say about it from your truth. Lord, with the, the big picture being that we understand it clearly and that we ourselves are able to explain it to someone else. Lord, I pray that we, we just grasp that this morning. Lead us and guide us in your precious name. Amen. Well, the Gospel of John... Let's begin reading in, in verse 12, and we'll read to the end of the, what they call the prelude, the kind of introduction. Some of us this morning might be saying, well, is this introduction ever going to end? <laughs> well, um, it will, it will, but again, God has laid on my heart that we need to understand some key things, especially approaching the topic of baptism. Uh, I know that there are... Um, and it's not a bad thing, it's a great thing. I know that there are people in this church congregation that are unsure as to what some of these things may mean, right, as we read through. They couldn't explain them if a, a grandchild or a child was in a place of asking them what this means. And that's why we gather and we teach. And that's why we gather and we read and, and we, we go over things. Um, I'm sure everyone's figured out that I am one of those persons that, that likes to park and, and, and work through it and then incorporate into my everyday conversations. It's really a beautiful, beautiful thing when it happens, um, when it happens. But let's begin reading in verse 12. It says this, But as many as received Him, to them He gave the rights to become the children of God, to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 15, John bore witness of Him and cried out, saying, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after Me is preferred before Me, for He was before Me. And of His fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. 
the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. There are, there are so many truths, so many different theological topics there, even just in these few verses that we've looked at, that continue are coming up. And that's why, that's why again, I, I've taken the time to stop. Last week we asked the question, are you living a life knowing Christ? We remember we looked at the two different words, well there's three, but two, Ido, which was more of a, an informational um, understanding of something there with your outward senses, and Gnosko, which is experiencing Right? And we looked at the verse of how the world did not know Christ. They didn't experience Christ. They didn't have that intimate knowledge with Christ. And this week, I'd like to ask the question, what does receiving Christ look like in your life? As we look at verse 12, and this is where we'll park this morning, but as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in His name. Now many of us, I remember this verse, memorizing this when I was in Awana, back when I was this tall, right? And many of us that uh, have been involved in Sunday school and Awana programs and children, this, this verse contains everything, doesn't it? But as many as have received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in His name. This morning, I'd like to ask the question, what does John mean by, but as many as have received him? I put a, a disclaimer here in brackets. This morning, we need to listen very carefully so that uh, we don't cause confusion. We need to listen very carefully so that there isn't error. But what does John mean by, but as many as have received him? John here is, is making, in this verse, he's making it very clear that there is a choice that every believer must make upon placing their faith in Christ. Every person that comes to that place, it doesn't matter how old they are, whether they're, they're in our, our children's program at five, six, seven, whether they're, they're Josh Prosser's age, whether they're a, a senior in the nursing home, it doesn't matter. Every person that comes to that place where they recognize that they're sinners, they recognize and they understand that their sin separates them from God, they understand that, that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. He gave His life. He shed His blood as payment for sin. That when I ask for forgiveness, I repent. And I place my faith in Jesus Christ. I receive that life. I receive that relationship. It's at that place, it doesn't matter how old you are, when you place your faith in Christ, you have to make a decision to receive Christ. All right, And that, that you've heard me say it a number of ways, and, and there, is, there is a reason why the Gospel is in every message we hear Sunday mornings. There is a reason why we look at Gospel verses every Sunday morning, and it's so that we understand it, but that we can share it clearly 
When, when God brings us opportunities, when people bring um, their problems and, and, and they come to you asking questions about what a salvation means, we're able to, to clearly present it. The receiving is looking to Christ and taking hold of Him. That's the, the turning part. That's the casting off of the old man. That's taking hold of Christ for the new life you've been called to live. There is a choice that every believer must make upon placing their faith in Christ. And that choice is you must receive Christ. This morning we might be wondering about that statement. And then some of us this morning says, well, I've already have received Christ. I know I was, um, well, again, there with my upbringing, placing my faith in Christ asking Jesus into my heart, I'm giving my life to Christ. They're all very, very good ways of saying um, that you've received Christ as Lord and Savior. But there's a decision that has to be made of taking hold of Christ. I wrote this down in my notes. I received Christ long ago. I look over there and I see all the faces and I hear the testimonies of, of people who, who have received Christ 30 years ago. Praise the Lord. 40 years ago. <laughs> 50 years ago. I'm sure we could keep going with it, right? It, it, it's a beautiful thing and, and a lot of great testimonies. But, but there's a taking hold of Christ that I would like to look at this morning. There is a, uh, as John says in this verse, but as many as have received Him. There's a taking hold of Christ that I want to look at this morning. Now, this morning I am confident to say that the majority of the folks here this morning are born again believers. Praise the Lord. I look around the room there. I, I have the active members uh, list in my office and that, that kind of uh, solidifies things. But each of us, must understand, and I just want to take us to some verses so that this morning we can go in our Bible to where it is. Turn with me to Romans chapter 5. Each of us this morning have been justified by faith. We know this verse, but I want us to be able to, to, to turn to it and look to it. Romans chapter 5. Verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor Mike shared this at Nancy's funeral. The idea of, of being justified, being when God looks at us, we are seen as innocent. He regards us as innocent. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Us this morning understand that. We have peace through Christ, we are seen as innocent. Each of us this morning understands, and, and, and I really truly hope and pray that we understand that we have the love of God because He demonstrated to us. Come down to verse 8 of Romans chapter 5. This is such an important thing for us to understand and be able to see. But God demonstrates His own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, 
What an important thing to understand that even before we were saved, God loved us. How much more so now that we've been justified? How much more so now that we're, we're, we're living and seeking Him? He loved us. Each one of us knows this morning, and again with the Gospel of John being such a, a theological book for the church, for the believer, each one of us here this morning knows we have assurance of faith. We have an assurance of our inheritance. My go-to passage, and part of me wants to pause and say, okay, if somebody comes to you this morning and says, how do I know that I have full assurance of faith? And how do I know I'm going to heaven? Where would you take them? And Edwards cheated there. He got ahead of me a little bit. Ephesians chapter 1. This is my go-to. Turn there with me in your Bibles. Ephesians chapter 1. These are verses that um, most of the time I take new believers to. These are verses that they can understand. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. This is your assurance of faith. Um, you're, 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 you're sealed. You're, you're in the Father's right hand. You're, uh, right now Jesus is preparing a place for you. It says this, verse 13. In Him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay? When you place your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells you. You are sealed. Verse 14. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance? until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. There is a, a divine guarantee, there is a divine sealing on your faith when you place your faith in Christ. Once saved, always saved. Okay, I want to make that very clear. We know where we can go in Scripture to share that with someone who's struggling. The Holy Spirit is the one that does it. It's not you. All right, that's, that's clear. And these truths are very important for each of us. I don't think I've ever struggled with my assurance of salvation. I've, I've maybe had to work through at what point I was saved. I've had to work through there why I wasn't living for the Lord at certain points and whether I was saved and that there, but I've never struggled with assurance, but some people do. These verses are very important for us. And you do need to be able to show people what God has to say about it. And I think of, of our children, our grandchildren. They need to understand this. It's not just a, a, a bringing them to a place where they place their faith in Christ. They need to understand these things because they will encounter them. I think of my son's baptism a number of weeks ago. My I gotta think of how to say that. My my agenda or my wasn't really a concern, burden. I, it was really important for me that he understood what baptism was. He understood what, what committing your life to Christ was. He understood what it meant and what he holds as a believer. He understands what it means to be an adopted son of God. It was important for me that he understands that and he doesn't step into that decision wandering and grasping and, 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 and thinking and I can only think, as we know that the Gospel of John is written to the churches in AD 90, how much of that was going on then as well. 
They needed to know who Jesus is. But let's get back to the, the original question. That's kind of a, a, a teaching freebie. But what does John mean by as many as have received him? Well, John uses the Greek word here. Um, that would be the next slide, Edward. The Greek word for um, received is limbano. I'm probably not saying that right, but it means to take hold of. It means to grab onto. When John writes this verse, but as many as have received him, it's speaking to as many as have taken hold of Christ, as many have grabbed on to Christ. There's a, a seizing. I mean, when I, when I grab on to something, it, it's normally full. There's an action behind it. And when John has just finished uh, talking about the, the, him coming to the world, the world not knowing him, he's changing gears. But as many as have taken hold of Christ, as many as grabbed onto, seized him. And the Apostle John, as he's writing this, he's talking about that choice that parallels believing in Jesus. If you take a, a second with me to think back to when you placed your faith in Christ, how was it emphasized to you that your life would now change. You, you, you've placed your faith in Christ, now things would be different. You were expected to live different. You were expected to be changed. You were expected to, to undergo and not look the same. There's a choice when you place your faith in Christ to receive Him, to take hold of Christ, to grab on to the Apostle John is talking about the choice that parallels believing in the name of Christ. The choice is whether you receive Christ or not. Receiving Christ is the decision of the individual who has seen Christ for who He is. Uh, they've been brought to that place of understanding that Jesus died on the cross. He gave His life. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. And, and they're brought to that place of placing their faith on Him. And they're understanding that I cannot do what's expected of me now that I'm a Christian. I cannot do what's expected of me on my own. Can you think with me now? Do you remember that place where you came to that place recognizing I cannot turn from the old man on my own. I cannot live the life that Christ has called me to live on my own. I need Him. I need to take hold of Christ. I need to grab on to Christ. I need to, to seize Christ to live as He wants me to live. I need you. I need all of you. I, uh, I wanted to... I won't even get into that. I, uh, who, who has heard the name Chuck Colson before? He writes phenomenal books. Um, everything and he's got such a powerful testimony of of starting the prison fellowship ministry and, and leadership and everything he was he was president nixon's go-to man he had the nickname the hatchet <laughs> all right of all things uh, he he ended up going to to prison for the the watergate scandal all right there's a lot of things that he was involved in before he got saved and i wasn't going to get into it but apparently i am now, the neat thing about that is just as the Watergate investigation began, all right, and things were starting to get really, really hot, a man by the name of Tom Phillips comes into his life. 
All right, Tom Phillips was a new believer. And then it's such an a, a interesting thing if he ta- starts talking about Christ and emptiness and how we can live our lives and never to amount to anything. And he shares the gospel with Chuck Colson. And I don't remember how old he was, but here's Chuck Colson, and he, he, he's in, in Tom Phillips' living room. And he's listening and he's, he's relating. You know what? That's me. I'm prideful. I've done many things that, that I shouldn't have that I, I, I regret. And he's working through and Tom Phillips shares the gospel with him. Now Chuck Colson, it, the Holy Spirit is really working in his life. And, and, the, and the biography goes there. He finds himself in the car driving and, 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 and he starts weeping. God is convicting his heart and he's bawling and, and, and he brings himself to the place. And I really wish I had brought that quote, but I'll paraphrase it in that I don't know how to do what's needed, God. He goes, I, I, I'm not worthy. I don't know how, how to receive you. But I'm giving my life to you. I'm giving my heart to you. What a, a, a beautiful picture. But then it goes on to say, and he writes this in his other book, he goes, I had not received Christ at that point because I did not know who he was. But I knew I had to find out. <laughs> and that's a very big paraphrase. But, but, but Chuck Colson had been brought to that place. He responded to the gospel. He understood that Jesus died for him. He understood his sin. He asked for forgiveness. I'm sorry, God. I, 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 I don't know how you do it, but, but do it for me. I need a relationship with you. And now I need to know who you are. I need to take hold of you. <laughs> I can't do this on my own. And it wasn't, it wasn't just all the, the scandal and the investigation that was going on there. It was, it was just the presence of sin. And that's such an important part and it, and it solidified for me even right i can know and i can believe but i can't do this on my own there's a receiving i need to take hold of christ for what needs to take place but as many as have received him to them he gave the right to become children of god to those who believe in his name it uh, i asked the question is it possible? Is it possible to know about Christ and not take hold of him? Think with me. Is it possible to know about Christ? Is it and I'm not salvation is always a decision between the individual's heart and the Lord. But is it impo- is it impossible to know about Christ? Is it possible to to believe in, in the gospel and not take hold of Christ? I think all of us this morning can think of at least one person who, who has, has most of their life, they've always been taught, they've always known, they know the verses. And yet something didn't pan out, something didn't connect for them. I wrote a, a paper in senior year uh, for Hebrews class and the thesis statement was, why do professing believers walk away from their faith? That should be. Why do professing believers walk away from their faith? Believing, placing your faith and trust must go hand in hand with taking hold of Christ. 
When you say you believe, you have to be taking hold of Christ. When you say, I place my faith in Christ, you have to be grabbing on to Christ because that's the only way that this is going to work. And to try it on our own, we look at, at verse 11 of this verse. That's why John puts it in this way. But as many as have received Him to them, He gave the right to be called children of God to those who believe in His name. You can't help but think, here we are sitting Sunday morning and we're understanding and I can tell by the looks on our faces we're reflecting back and we're thinking, but how important is it for our new believers, our children, how important is it for us to understand that that choice is, is in everything we do. Receiving Christ, taking hold of Christ. For our new believers, they have to be taught how to. They have to be taught how to. It's not something that just happens. Again, we're back to, we don't just get them saved to sit in a pew. They need to be taught how to take hold of Christ, how to receive Him for, for what's next. They need to be encouraged to do it. I needed a cattle prod. I, it, it, it's not something that comes naturally to me. It, they need to, hey, you want to know why you're struggling in this way? Hey, where's Christ in the picture? Is God at the forefront of this? Is God leading in this? Stop for a second. We need to be encouraged about it. Our new believers need to be taught and encouraged or their walk with Him is not going to last. And again, with this statement, we have to listen carefully here. And I'm not trying to cause confusion and I'm not trying to cause problems, but I wrote this down. Every believer must recognize that receiving Christ Okay, and that's the, the taking hold of Christ. That is not something that just happens once. Salvation is. Okay, salvation happens once. But taking hold of Christ, that is a, a daily, multiple times daily, continually constant thing. Okay? We're continually taking hold of Christ. We're continually receiving Him. We're continually being led by Him. And that's why he says it this way, but as many as have received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name. Every believer must recognize this. Or we drift away. We try to live for Him on our own. Have you ever tried to change yourself on your own? <laughs> I'm just thinking, sorry, I'm laughing. There's almost like the beard. I take the beard off and I'm a complete different person. My wife doesn't even know who I am, right? But that, that's not speaking to internally. Have you ever been struggling with something and you, you, whether it's a New Year's resolution or, okay, I have this thing that really has no place in my life and I am going to do this for the first week and do this for the second week? It almost sounds like me quitting smoking. Right? I smoked for 15 years, right? That is one of the hardest things to quit. I couldn't do it on my own. <laughs> I, I talk to people who try, and it's like, well, I failed. Or I, and, and, and it takes years. We can't do it. That's where taking hold of Christ comes into play. We can't change our, our, our natures. We can't change our, our sin habits. We can't change from the old man without taking hold of Christ. How important is that for a new believer to understand? It's crucial. You need Christ for any of this to happen. A genuine believer, someone who's committed, sold out to Christ, a genuine believer must connect believing, placing their faith, 
and receiving take hold of Christ. We have to connect with that. This verse will be in our heads there for the rest of the day anyhow. But, but as many as have received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God. I wrote, wrote this statement down Friday night. It was about 6.30 down here, just before Brian, you come down the hill. I, uh, I, I love the honk transports. Brian gave me a big toot there as I was going in the house. But it, uh, standing up here, um, I had a, another message prepared, and it just wasn't clicking. Like it, it, when you're up here and you're wrestling with the text and that, that idea of receiving, it just wasn't sitting right. And I flipped um, the pages that I had up here as I was running through the sermon, and I just began. I wrote this statement down. You can believe all you want. You can believe all you want. But without taking hold of Christ, you'll make a pretty poor son. Let me read that one more time. This is, this is my words, my thoughts. You can believe all you want, but without taking hold of Christ, you will make a really poor son. Folks, I think of the pastor and the title. Don't ever see me as a pastor first. I'm a Christian first. I have the, the struggles and the brokenness and everything that goes hand in hand with, with, with committing your life to Christ first. But that's where I need to take hold of Christ. That's when, when the definition of what receiving Christ really started sinking in. You can believe all you want, Jeremy, but without taking hold of Christ, you are going to make a really poor son. And then I think to myself, I have looked for five years now for a way to explain, <laughs> explain the faith of my youth. Right? I was born in a Christian home. I received, uh, or I placed my faith in Christ. I understood that I was a sinner. I understood Jesus died for me. I understood that I was going to hell if I did not place my faith in Christ. I went to Awana, church, youth programs. I've looked for five years to explain the rebellion of my past. I mean, why? <laughs> Something was missing. Something was missing. Something was not connecting I've looked for five years to, to explain God's grace that it's seen in my life when I surrendered my life to Christ. How do you explain that? I surrendered my life to Christ and things changed. And I really believe that this is it. But as many as have received, taken hold of Christ, grabbed on to Him with all that you have, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe on His name. I had always believed that there was a God. I always believed that Jesus died for me. But living for Him was hard. <laughs> right? Living for Him was hard. And it cost me. I'm cheap. 
I don't like, I don't like things that cost me. I don't like having to, to, to do things that, that cost me. It took sacrifice. It took me saying no to things that I wanted to do. Why did it always seem like the world was out to get me? Because it was. The world is out to get a believer. Why did it seem like every Christian decision and stand I made in my life was impossible? It was because I was trying to do it on my own. Why did I reach that place in my late teens where I gave up and walked away? It's because I was doing it on my own. I had never taken hold of Christ. I had never received and taken hold of and grabbed onto Christ. Five years ago, I took that next step that transformed my life. Come back to the verse with me. But as many as have received Him, taken hold of, grabbed onto, to them He gave the right, King James says, the power, the privilege, um, you, you get into the different uh, Strong's Concordance. To them He gave, those that are taking hold of Christ, He's given the liberty. Right? I added in the means. He's given us everything that, that we need to become children of God. Galatians, I think it's 3.26 says, For we are all sons. Yeah, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. All right? Positionally, when you place your faith in Christ, you are adopted. That can't be, we looked at Ephesians 1, that can't be taken away. But there is, you're, you're adopted positionally, but there is a nature change that goes on there. Right? When you crucify the flesh, for I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. There's a, a change there. We become more like Christ. We are, are changed inwardly, and our outwardly change there um, takes over. Five years ago, I took that next step that transformed my life. I no longer just believed. <laughs> I stepped into that position as a son of God. I stepped into, I took hold of Christ, and it began working, not just in my heart, it began working in my life. I took hold of Him, and it began to change me. I began living as a son that's been adopted Carissa shared an, uh, an illustration there. We take on His name. I took hold of the power, the right, the privilege, the liberty to become a child of God. And John's challenge from this verse, but as many as have received Him, some don't. But as many as have received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in His name. John's challenge from the verse is this. Are you one of the many who are taking hold of Christ constantly for life, to live your Christian life? Are you one of the many that are receiving, taking hold of Him continually for what He's calling you to, to live for him or the majority who don't? Are you living a life receiving Christ 
stop sometime today and ask yourself, what does that look like? What does that look like? How is that different? What does that look like? should just let Raven pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we thank You so much, Lord, that You don't leave us to do this on our own. Lord, You, you have us in a place where, where we recognize that we can reflect and consider what great things You have done. I'm so thankful for salvation. I'm so thankful for the indwelling and the sealing and the assurances that you get. I'm so thankful for the help and the comforter that you've sent. I just pray that we take the time. Lord, these are truths that we should be holding desperately to. These are truths that we need to be teaching those around us. Lord, we have people in our lives that maybe this didn't connect for them, and that's why we don't see them here. We have people in our lives that are struggling with things, Lord, that this very truth of taking hold of you would solve their problems. But Lord, you've brought us here this morning for us. Help us just to take hold and grab onto you. Be with us this week. Give us opportunities. Just pray these things in your precious name. Amen.